Sir, we've had a little problem. These two women are just arriving. They objected to giving up their weapons. Klingons do not surrender their weapons. Who are you? We are Lursa and Baton of the House of Duras. Hello and welcome to the Duras Sisters podcast. We are not Klingons, but we are sisters. And I'm Ashlyn. And I'm Rihanna. And today we are talking about Kira Norris, who is the first officer on Deep Space Nine. Woohoo! We are on our first female first officer. I am so happy that we are here talking about Kira today. This is like epic, Ashlyn. I'm. This is gonna be such a fun episode. Yeah, I've loved how with every. Uh, first officer that we focused on so far in the series, we go all out. So Rihanna right now is literally in Kira cosplay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did a Bajoran nose. Um, I just went thrifting today to find some Kira outfits. Um, my girlfriend got all like really nice, beautiful fall clothes and I got all cosplay. <laughs> that can also be fall clothes. So um, anyway, yeah, we've got, I've got my Kira action figure, some Kira stickers. I'm ready to go. And sadly, Rihanna took the Kira action figure in the great action figure battle of 2020 earlier this year. And <laughs> 2020. So, oh my God! What <laughs> year is this it? year? Oh my God! 20, 2022. You know, yeah. I just I literally told someone today that I needed something done by August 4th, and they looked at me and they're like what do you mean? And I was like, I meant <laughs> September. So I'm like, I'm all over the place. I don't know what year it is. Yes. That's okay. 2022. Um, I have Galron here with me for the nice. pod. Who's, <laughs> I don't know. He has some, some good appearances. Not in anything we're yeah. talking about today, but... Um. <laughs> he's in episodes that we're talking about, but we're not going to talk about the parts that he's in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, Rihanna, I'm very excited today. Um, I have a question for you, though, before we start off. If there could be anyone on Deep Space Nine that was a first officer besides Kira, who would you say and why? Well, Kira is, like, so well-suited for this particular position that it's really hard to think of the station without her. Um, because like here's so here's the thing I'm gonna say Jadzia Dax but I think that she would be lacking the qualities that make Kira a better first officer so I think that it would still be like not the ideal position but I'm not gonna like put Odo in charge of first officer mm -hmm. you know like duties um I'd say that Dax is good because she has like been around you know she knows a lot about like wars and occupations and you know various things that have happened in her extremely long lifetimes and so I think that, that would make her qualified to at least like somewhat confer with the Bajoran government but I think in that respect she'd be lacking but in every other respect she would do a fantastic job she and Cisco already have great rapport I think that she's also an excellent officer who follows orders but also questions them if they're dicey or um seem not logical essentially and she's a great scientist extremely helpful in a pinch like anytime you need her she's there being like hello i have a suggestion and a solution for you <laughs> like all in one so yeah i would definitely say judzia dax keeping in mind that the bajoran liaison stuff would be tricky yeah i 
love your answer. I think she is more than qualified to be a first officer, but I agree that in this specific circumstance, you do really need a Bajoran in this position. Yeah. Or in like some somewhere in the chain of command, if not captain, you know. Yes. Um, I love that answer. For me, this is a really like tough question in a different way. Like in so many other Star Trek series, like TOS and TNG, you could really pick anyone and they would do a great job as first officer. But yeah. like in D Space Nine, you don't want Quark. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Like you don't want Jake. Like there are so many no. people you don't want. Like, you know? And so I it's it's kind of a tough choice for me. My inclination is to go with Worf, but I'm not mm. gonna repeat myself because that's what I said in TNG. And so I'm gonna go with Nog. Captain Nog. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here for Captain Nog. I love seeing his journey as a character and his journey through Starfleet. And I feel like, well, there's a great moment. I can't remember what episode it is, but it's later on. I think like in season seven, maybe, um, where they're on the Defiant, and Worf says, "Whoever's in." command at the time you have to call them captain and nog yeah. is like oh my god so that means if i took command you'd have to call me captain nog <laughs> and Worf says if o'brien you... oh it's, this is o'brien of course yeah. and o'brien says if you were in command there'd be no one left on the ship <laughs> to, to, to <laughs> command <captain>. yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you for like quoting that because it's one of the most perfect moments i love that quote and I love your answer of Nog. That is so great. And he is just phenomenal. Like, I love seeing him in action here. That's so cool. Yeah, he's got some, you know, wrinkles to iron out. And that's that's part of ranking up, you know. But I yeah. feel really confident that once he got there, he'd be badass. Ashley, my only question, though, is how would him and Cisco bury the hatchet and, like, become a good first officer captain duo oh man yeah i did not think about that aspect <laughs> <laughs> i think that somehow nog would like use the ferengi trade system and get cisco an even better desk yeah. and that would um that would make him happy <laughs> or like some some like lost hollow program of a baseball team or something yeah like, probably like the that. cubs winning the world series in 2016 you know yes. yeah <laughs> Love that. Cisco would die for that episode. Or episode? Totally. Oh my god. <laughs> it was a great episode of baseball. <laughs> One of the greatest. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, okay, well, it's time. I'm going to read these episodes that basically Rihanna chose. Um, Rihanna did some really hard work and digging for these um, specific Kira episodes. So here they are. Uh, the Emissary, part one and two. Past Prologue. Starship Down. A Call to Arms slash A Time to Stand, Behind the Lines, Shadows and Symbols, When It Rains, Tackling into the Wind, The Dogs of War, and What We Leave Behind. Woof. <laughs> so half of these are in season seven. Yeah, so good luck with that, with yeah. your emotions. <laughs> um, Ashlyn, we are just going to cruise in order as we've been doing for the first Officer series which means we are, of course, starting at the pilot, The Emissary. Okay, but, you know, I have to lay some groundwork, as I yeah. always do. So, mm -hmm. Rihanna, I want to have a precursor before we start Emissary and say that this is such a different role. And I mentioned Rihanna it was really, like, slogging through, like, doing a lot of research for this. Like, number one, there's not a lot of, like, research on the internet about Deep Space Nine because it's, like, sadly, like, one of the less popular shows. Um, mm -hmm. And then also, because this is not, like, Kira's role as first officer is not from the Federation, 
Um, she's not even technically called a first officer. She's, um, well, I guess she is, but she is major Kira when the show starts. And that's how we're introduced to her in Emissary. And so, Rihanna, do you want to talk a little bit about that and your journey with choosing these episodes? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned this because this was really tricky. I am like an avid Deep Space Nine fan. It's probably my favorite Star Trek show. I mean, take that with a grain of salt because there's so many amazing ones, but it's the one I go to the most and I think the one that I know the most and so the fact that I was struggling to make a watch list was like concerning I'm like what's wrong with me my Kira knowledge isn't that good and then I just realized it was actually the types of episodes that I was looking for were like harder to dig up because we're going with such a specific topic of like her as first officer and not her with Odo or her going on a random resistance cell like rabbit hole we did one of those but we're not gonna do like six of them in a row there's a lot of stuff with Dukat like she has a lot of Zial interactions family Cardassian stuff and a lot of her character result revolves around her past and like unpacking that and building onto who she is now so it was really hard to find episodes where she's literally just like either taking charge when Cisco's gone or just being in this first officer position and, you know, kicking ass or being really badass, you know, while doing it. And so I just, of course, there's enough oh, and we found the content. But yeah, I think that Deep Space Nine functions a little differently, at least for Kira's character, that she gets fleshed out way more character wise than like, uh, let's say, like position wise. Yeah, and I was thinking about this while you were talking. Um, because they're not stuck on one starship the entire time, the crew has the capacity to interact with all types of people who come on the station. And so yeah. I think that's part of it too, is that the show in general is not so focused on rank because it's focused on what's going on on Deep Space Nine, and that's what it's called. Yeah, and you know? the wormhole. Yeah, yeah. Like crazy stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to talk about these differences. Rihanna and I, when we were prepping for the podcast, we were like, oh, this is going to be kind of a different episode than the first couple have been. But yeah. that's always good for us, you know? It's good to shake we it up. change here yeah. in the podcast. We do. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, let's start off with Emissary. I think this is a really strong introduction for Kira. And in yeah. general, like, actually rewatching this pilot again, I was really impressed by how good it was. It continues to stay excellent, and I think that it does Kira so well uh, to give her this major role, and uh, no pun intended, in the beginning of the series, the very first episode. And we got to see, similarly, Riker getting a big role in Encounter at Farpoint. But it feels so different here, of course, because of the way that Cisco and Kira meet and everything. So it's such a fun ride that we're going on. Absolutely. Um, well, and also I think we're really overshadowed by Cisco's backstory, you know? Um, yeah. Where he really is, like, set up very well also. So you have a really good sense of who he is. And then once he meets Kira, you kind of get the sense of, like, how their reactions are going to go. Um but, yes. like, right away, Kira is angry, like, super mad that the Federation is here at all because she feels like, I've just been fighting for my freedom and independence this whole time from Cardassia, and now the Federation, another outsider, is going to swoop in and try to deal with the situation. And I totally understand how she's feeling. She's really fresh from the rebellion. Yeah, two weeks it's been since Cardassian, since the Cardassians left 
Karak Nor. <laughs> or no, <Empoch> sorry. Nor. <laughs> Yeah. Though. Oh god. Okay, sorry. Once they left Deep Space Nine. Um yeah, so it makes total sense that she is infuriated with this and everything is so fresh. Yeah. You know, this situation in general Hmm. it's not quite first officer related, but I just want to throw out that like th- this is one of the first times I thought about um, the Federation as kind of a symbol for America in a lot of ways and America just swooping in like on conflicts that are not necessarily related to them happens a yes. lot and it's been very like mixed opinions over the years um, a lot of people think that we're not doing enough and we got into so many wars too late and then also everyone thinks that we're too involved in their business so I thought that really was an interesting metaphor for the Federation, and um, I totally understand Kira's feelings. Um, I think that it really sets up how much Kira and Cisco have to work together in order to make this happen, because they're coming from very opposite opinions. Ashlyn, thank you for saying that, and I don't think it's off-base at all or not on First Officers, because as a matter of fact, like the fact that, that Starfleet is sort of do, having this white savior complex, um, Kira is the one to stop them from going too far, you know, or to sort of lean Cisco in this direction saying like, hey, like culturally speaking, this is how we deal with this or whatever. Um, and so it's really inter- interesting because we only get like a very short amount of time where Cisco and Kira, Kira are interacting before he becomes the emissary. So it's such a difference in interactions because first it's just this like Cisco requested a Bajoran officer and they gave her the position which shows like her competence and her just abilities right away we know that like okay if Kira was requested for this as being the Bajoran liaison to the Federation that's huge and secondly like she you know so we have this sort of conflict with Kira and Starfleet and Cisco comes in big Starfleet man, and that's you know why they have this first these first arguments, I think. And then he becomes the emissary, so it like completely flips, and it's so interesting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it says a lot. I like what you said about how important she must be to the Bajorans for her to be mm-hmm. like chosen for this position because her the first scene we see with her, she's she's so angry. She's like throwing stuff and. Um, like yelling at people and she has like a fight with Cisco right off the bat like she is showing how she feels immediately but the you know and generally when you think of someone who's a first officer it would be someone who has their emotions not necessarily more under control but someone who isn't going to be more um, or like isn't going to be too adversarial with the captain you know yeah Um, but it just shows that like her other like just who she is can overshadow that anger and also like it just means she's being direct you know like it's true yeah it might be hard to communicate with her sometimes when she's in this when she gets enraged like this but um, yeah it's not it doesn't mean that she's any less of a officer for it well I love too that like she says to Cisco right off the bat, like, I'm sorry, or like, she says, I have a bad habit of telling the truth. And Cisco's like, I want to hear it, you know, and yep. so that immediately opens up a dialogue instead of like, her just yelling at him and he him yelling back or him like, you know, just shutting her down, he opens up a conversation. And I think that allows Kira to be like, okay, I'm gonna tell you the truth. I don't think you should be here. And 
I don't know. I just think it's so fascinating because, well, okay, there's two aspects I want to talk about. But, like, first, I think we should talk about the provisional government of Bajor. Like, let's build the groundwork of what the hell, what the heck Bajor has just gone through. It's going to be hard for me not to curse on this pod because (laughs) I get so mad at Cardassians. I just want to, like, start, like, yelling things. Um, (laughs) Yeah, already yeah. like I've wanted to swear twice and normally I go Same. through like a whole pod not wanting to swear at all yeah. Rihanna do you think we should open it up and rate this one yes, explicit please oh motherfucker yes. okay because <laughs> sometimes you just gotta rant about the goddamn Cardassian occupation and like oh I yeah. can't wait we just lost our one child listener <laughs> oh sorry good night Bye. Bye. sleep well <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. okay well so the provisional government, I'm not sure exactly because I didn't do, like, really in-depth research, but it hasn't been a government for that long. Like, we know that the occupation has very, very recently ended, that Cardassians have just left Deep Space Nine, and the government is just getting itself back on its feet. That's why it's called provisional. You know, it's just starting out, and it's sort of, I think, what the Bajorans can clabber together, trying to just get themselves back on their feet. Um, and I think that an important point here for Kira is that she reminds me so much of Michael Burnham in this way that, like, she is so good at everything because she, like, literally gives herself no excuses to be bad or to, like, ever stop that then she is, like, always being asked to do stuff and she's always being asked to step up. Like, Michael's not a politician. She should not be negotiating Navarre's Return to the Federation. Kira is, like, I think that, of course, she's very, I mean, they're all very qualified. They're both very qualified for the roles that they're given, but I think that they take on more than they need to as, you know, this sense of obligation to her entire planet, you know? And so I can't imagine Kira loving the idea of being, you know, obviously she's pissed she has to be on Deep Space Nine under a Federation commander. This is not where maybe she wanted to be after the war. I think she, or after the occupation. I think she wanted to be down on the ground, like, helping the people and doing those small things, you know? And here it's just such a different role, and you have to be more political, and you have to be, like, you have to really kind of compromise with the Starfleet people. And it's just, like, this whole nother irritation. Like you're saying, whole new group of people coming in thinking that they know better than ba- than the Bajorans. So, oof, sorry, that's just, like, one big thing. Yeah, um, Rihanna, amazing. Thank you so much for laying this out. I think it's so important. The thing about Starfleet that always cracks me up, and just Star Trek in general, is that these people do not quiet quit. Like, your job no. is your entire <laughs> life. Like, once you get off the bridge, it's not like the captain can never be contacted until 8 a.m., mm-hmm. You know, like, you're not working 8 to 5. You're really on duty all the time. Even if you're off. you're on call. (laughs) You're on call at all times. Yeah, Yeah, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's interesting because Kira, obviously, like, the reason that she is so passionate about her job is because it's what she's been fighting for for so long. And she's never known a normal life. And so yeah, she's I, been on call her whole life too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, yeah. So much trauma. So many mm-hmm. issues. Um, yeah. I think that having someone like her at Deep Space Nine, or like just in the eye of the provisional government, is really interesting. Um, 
so yeah, I, I just want to throw that out. And quiet quitting, if anyone doesn't know, it's like a trending term right now, but it's like not doing anything outside of your job hours or just outside of your job description. So pe people who are like Kira <laughs> will <laughs> work all the time nonstop to achieve whatever she wants to get done. Even if, you know, it has to be, oh, go to a deep space station and work under some Federation people. She's like, that's not in my job description. What? But she does it. And well, because it's for the good yeah. of the government. Yeah, exactly. And, and so and I think she also is a person who doesn't want anyone else to handle it. You know, she's very much like cannot delegate, uh, which same <laughs> like I always want to be the person doing the stuff. Because I'm like, oh, no, only I can, uh, only I know how to do it right or whatever. And I feel like Kira has that mentality sometimes as well. Yes, um, I, I agree. I also think that, so similar to Riker, I think that Kira comes on and right away could be a captain. I think, like, she's extremely qualified for leading missions on Deep Space Nine. So even in the beginning of this episode, Cisco's like, or not beginning, even throughout the emissary, Cisco's like chilling with the prophets, you know? Yeah. And so we get to see already Kira's in command and she is like great. She's fantastic as a leader. I think the her biggest problem in the beginning of Deep Space Nine is her anger and her emotions. And um, sometimes she can get really clouded because she, or not, not Claudine, she gets really like blinders on, you yeah. know, where she's just like, I'm totally. so angry about this thing. Um, but she's also open-minded, just like Cisco. And so I think that's another yeah. reason that they do work well together. Yeah, because if you think about it, Cisco is kind of similar. Like, he does have this like anger sometimes when things are unfair or not like Starfleet should be acting. And so he can also, he gets those he gets those like strong morals as well you know and I think the two of them really relate on like what is right something else the other aspect of this introduction to Kira I want to talk about is like I mentioned earlier she's our first female first officer because we're waiting to talk about Una slash number one in Strange New Worlds so technically yes we've seen quite a lot of female first officers at this point but she is sort of the spotlight of like we're getting one for the entirety of the show and I just think that her like introduction just bothers me a little bit but it's just O'Brien who bothers me which is like kind of common for me uh just because some of the things he says really bothers me and one of the things was when he's about to Cisco's about to meet Kira and O'Brien is like oh hey by the way have you ever met a Bajoran woman and Cisco's like no why and he's like oh just wondering you know and so I know he was gonna say something about like how angry they are how um sensitive or you know like just there's a lot of words to be used for women that I just was not ready to hear and was irritated he was even like asking like besides Kira and Lita not at all similar like you can't just like there's so many Bajoran women that are entirely different than Kira and whatever he was implying and so I just want to like point that out <laughs> and it, how much it irritates me and I think that it's just something that of course was never said about the other first officers we've discussed I mean Spock had some similar prejudices towards him from being Vulcan but I don't know it's just frustrating and has to be talked about yes thank you Rihanna mm -hmm. I agree 
come on, O'Brien, like, let's do better, you know? Yeah, and um, let Kira be angry, too. Like, I remember I used to be annoyed at Kira being angry, but now every time I watch The Emissary, I'm like, yeah, damn right you should be mad about this. I like, love that she's so yeah. angry, yeah. And one scene I love, too, is when she's interacting with Bashir for the mm. first time. And yes. um, Bashir's in his office, like, unpacking the, like, uh, sick bay. And he's like, I love this. It's frontier medicine. You know, he's all pumped up and he's like, I was top of my class and I could have gone anywhere and I chose here because I wanted to be in the action. And I, I think of it. Yeah, he's so pompous and egotistical and like confident. Um, yeah. And Kira just is calling him out like for his privilege. She's like, she's like, this is not some like spiritual journey for you. This is my life. I live here. Like, please yeah. don't elevate this to be, like, something all about you, you know, when this is yeah. the conflict that where it's really serious, you know? Totally. She calls him out for his ego and for his, like, you know, like, colonizer speak, you know, his, his colonizer rhetoric. It's really dangerous the way he's talking, like, oh, frontier medicine, ooh, like, Kira says at one point, oh, yeah, you'll find us, like, a peaceful culture or whatever you'll find us folk you know like a simple folk kind of thing to be like really listen to what you're saying right now and she's not taking shit from anyone from the first minute they she meets them she but I think too if she's gonna get shown respect she'll show it back you know this is the thing is like with Dax there was no qualms or irritations or she didn't yell at her at any point I feel like <laughs> yeah. pilot homies from Dax the beginning just respects <laughs> her and it's like yeah. cool you I I see what you're doing here got it you know and like that's what I love about Kira she's not gonna fly off the handle you know just for no reason like there is a purpose to her anger and I think a lot of people don't see that about her a lot of characters you know in the beginning and so it's cool to see the others also learn more about her yeah absolutely and I'm just thinking about a quote that she says at one point, I'm just a Bajoran who's been fighting a hopeless cause against the Cardassians her whole life. And I think yes. that like wraps, or that like really sums up like her character in the beginning is she's all mm. about the occupation, you know. And when she says that, that's when they literally have decided to move the station in front of the wormhole to protect it. Like, to, and to stake a claim for Bajor on the wormhole. And it's just so heroic, you know, because, like, this station could blow up. Like, everyone could die. The Cardassians could blow it up. They could get the wormhole. There's so many things that could go wrong. But she is saying, like, I've been fighting this hopeless cause my whole life. And I'm like, girl, you should join the Quatma lot. Like, I want to see this crossover. Oh. Like, where is Star Trek Online? Oh. Quatma lot Kira, like, just fighting hopeless causes. Oh, my God. Anyway. Um, yeah, so I love that. The... the just okay we're gonna try this impossible thing and hope to hell it works because this is our option and this is Kira like she comes up with the most incredible ideas and they're risky but like because this whole group already from this first episode is so in sync O'Brien is such a good engineer even though the station is falling apart like he's still keeping it together Dax is literally like so helpful and giving them science information and about the wormhole <laughs> and like just a phenomenal ops officer all around and then we've got kira like leading them and i think like everyone has confidence in her and it's really special to see yeah great beautiful i agree yeah <laughs> um i want to focus on how 
she will do anything to get something done because I really see yes. that a lot in past prologue. There's this guy. <laughs> there's this <laughs> There's this Bajoran dude who is a part of the or formerly he claims to be a part of the uh what is Kodma. it? The the Kwatmalat? Was that Rihanna? <laughs> <laughs> the Kanma. The Kanma, yes. Which is a terrorist group. And he's on um, Deep Space Nine because he has gotten away from the Cardassians who want to murder him for um, killing all their other Cardassians. Um, yeah. And he requests asylum by Cisco. And so the, basically the whole plot is Cisco trying to decide what to do. And, like, the rest of the crew, like, Odo and Quark and everybody are trying to figure out what's going on with this guy. And is he really um, a part of the Pockmar? What is it? <laughs> the Conma. <laughs> the Conma, thank you. Um, yeah, just to see if he's really a part of the Conma. Um, but Kira believes right away that he's good and he's trying to change his ways and he wants her he really she really wants him to be granted asylum um mm-hmm. and really for about 35 minutes she thinks that he's great even though we see all this like shady stuff going on the freaking no we're cussing the fucking dura sisters are yes! here in this episode and they're working with this guy <laughs> so we have a little problem <laughs> yeah <laughs> this one it's so good I yeah, love it. and his name is Tan- Tanalos. Just in ah, case you're wondering who the guy is. Thank you, Tanalos. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I really thought it was crazy to see how far she was going for this guy, who's like unverified. Like he's not even verified on Twitter, you know? <laughs> yeah, literally. Like you don't trust those people. Don't trust us. <laughs> <laughs> We're not verified. Yeah, I think. It, this is really where we see Kira's blind spot, and the reason I put in this episode is because it's really important for her and her deciding where her loyalties lie, quote unquote. Like he, Tonalos is really, really harps on her about where her loyalties lie, and uses that to manipulate her as well. And so I think that's an important thing to remember, and. I think, too, that this is, again, so fresh. This is episode two. You know, this is three. three, Whatever. Of the, I mean, the first two are the the two part, or the pilot, and then we have this one. So, it's incredibly fresh for Kira. She still has very little loyalties to the Federation, because they just came here, and she still has qualms about them. And so, I think it makes sense for her character, but it makes sense how much of a blind spot she would have for her fellow Bajorans, especially people she knew, because she's lost so many, she wants to, like, hold tight to the people who are still there. Yes. Yes, Rihanna, it totally makes sense. I think it's interesting to see this guy's perspective, because Mm -hmm. he is like how Kira used to be, even just a couple months ago. Um, and she has to tell him when she ends up finding out that, oh, he's plotting to, like, blow up the freaking, he's going to blow up the fucking wormhole, which is crazy, like, insane. And, like, that could cause a chain reaction that would, like... Is he gonna blow up the wormhole? (laughs) (laughs) I do not remember that. I thought he was. I thought he had, like, a bomb from the Dura sisters to blow up, like, an outpost. I thought he was going to blow up the wormhole. Maybe. Like, try to collapse it. I think he was trying to collapse it. Yeah, sorry. I stand corrected. Well, I think because there were, like, different reveals. It's like, he's going to blow up this thing. And it was like, oh, "Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He keeps getting worse. Yeah. Um, 
Well, yeah, so it is just interesting, or it's, uh, it's, it's fun <laughs> for our, for the point of our pod to see how she reacts in this type of situation, and she's not, yeah, it's her blind spot, but she's not blinded to yeah. his actions, um, True. and so finally, once enough evidence is starting to point that way, she's like, oh no, dude, like, I have to turn you over to the Cardassians, you know, because this is terrible, and it comes to a head when they're on the shuttle at the end of the episode, um, and she has to let him get taken by the Cardassians, and that's that's really hard to see for her. It is interesting that she does choose Starfleet, but I mean, I think it makes sense because you're right. This is once the evidence is stacked up, once it's that time where she's seeing what horrible things he's doing, then it's then it's sort of a realization to her, like, okay. Even though he's my friend, I can't abide. And that really shows who she is as a first officer. Oh, yeah. Well, I do want to point out there is a time that she does kind of know that he's still active, but she doesn't tell Cisco. And I think... Yeah, she lies to him. Yeah, yeah. she lies. And she has this whole conversation with Odo about, what do I do? Um, because I think maybe I do agree with him, but it's like against my duty, <laughs> you know? Against my maybe better judgment. And so I'm glad that uh, she was able to talk that through with Odo, um, which I'll, I rarely say (laughs) 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 anymore. I used to stand that, but mm, today changed me. (laughs) Um, The fact that she did actually turn on him is even more insane, you know? Yeah, I'm... Yeah, I'm really impressed. Yes. Um, so now we are jumping up to season four for Starship Down. This, mm. uh, of course, has our fresh wharf. This has our fresh wharf. <laughs> <laughs> I love fresh wharf. <laughs> um, this, of course, has Worf, who is fresh from the Enterprise. Uh, he's only been here for about seven episodes. And uh, I like how at the beginning of the episode, Worf is like so... Um, like professional and he's like got to yeah. stick up his ass and he can't really read the room at all. Um, mm-hmm. He's captain of the defiant at right now when the episode starts and um, all the officers are so annoyed with him. Captain of the defiant. An <laughs> 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 <At> episode seven. <laughs> well, no, well, Cisco's, cause cause Cisco's, Cisco's gone. Down. Oh, no. no. Oh, my God. <laughs> so this is the one where Kira and Cisco, like, Yeah, they have to talk. Yeah. Really? You don't bite the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> you heard okay. it here, folks. Uh, Lily was disturbed by your lack of knowledge, Ashley. You know, I'm straight up making shit up so so I think you should do the plots <laughs> wow Lily's getting out of here she's like yeah this is too um, raucous okay so <laughs> yeah Worf is yeah Worf settling in but anyway meanwhile we have <laughs> meanwhile <laughs> uh there's so yeah Cisco Captain the Defiant they're going the on the starship ma- down <laughs> yeah Oh, wait. wait. Oh, there's two different ships. I forgot. What? <laughs> Cisco has to order the ship. I think they're um, on the same ship because Cisco's just down yeah. there. Yeah. No. <laughs> down there. He's on the bridge the entire No, he was episode. in engineering in the beginning. And then they that's why they were, like, separated. And then he comes up to the bridge. <laughs> Am I just... <laughs> 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 
listeners. Okay, I'm going to shut the fuck up. Okay, so Cisco is using the Defiant to go and talk trade negotiations with the species who was essentially getting scammed by Quark and the Ferengis. Um, and the Ferengis are supposed to be the middlemen between the Federation and this species, interspecies name here, I don't know. <laughs> um, and Cisco is also diverting because this was the, like, festival of the emissary weekend, and he did not want to go and be in the spotlight all weekend. And so he takes the Defiant, they, it's disaster from TNG with Deep Space Nine flavor, and Kira's role in this episode is pretty much to keep Cisco awake because he gets hit by this bulkhead and if he passes out or loses consciousness then he could slip into a coma and die and there's no way to get him down to engine or down to the med bay and also Bashir has gone after Dax because she was in the smoke <laughs> infested compartment so he saved her um, and meanwhile, O'Brien's in engineering, trying to fix everything, and Worf went down to engineering or something. I don't know where Worf went. Doesn't matter. Well, Worf, and this is why I'm saying, like, it was so funny that Worf was so annoying, because, yeah. um, then Kira and him and Cisco are all together on the bridge when this, when, uh, when this occur, occurs, uh, uh, occurs, occurs, yeah. yeah, when this, <laughs> I was, like, trying to say how you spell it. <laughs> I love that. Of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Um, <laughs> of course. Wait, occurs. I mean. <laughs> forgot. Literally forgot what you were saying. <laughs> when when this occur, occurs. And then they, like, have to have a discussion. Like, what do we do with Cisco? Um, yeah. Wor- Worf is like, you got to do it, man. I have to go down there and, like, help fix everybody. <laughs> so yeah, Worf, like, he... leaves the bridge. Yeah, because, like, since he's the heavy, always, he can, like, open doors and shit and, like, figure out what's going on. Yes. See if people are alive. Also, this is such a tangent and it'll be fast, but I think it's such a so hilarious that both times in Disaster and in Starship Down and TNG and Deep Space Nine, O'Brien just automatically assumes that everyone on <laughs> a place that isn't there are dead. <laughs> he just goes like, they're probably all dead down there. There's probably no one to respond. Like both times in those episodes that it just cracked me up. I was like, wow, O'Brien. Like he's like, there's probably nobody answering because everyone on the bridge is dead. <laughs> he's a straight up fatalist. I love it. He just like <laughs> assumes that the worst thing has happened and he's like, that's how we operate. And, and honestly, like think about his him. life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's literally an episode featuring O'Brien called Hard Time. And oh, that, God. If, it, if that doesn't sum him up, I don't know what does. So yeah. anyway, anyway. here's keeping Cisco awake. Yes, well, and also, like, Worf's the captain, and literally, like, she's now the first officer, because... Oh, <laughs> Worf's the captain! <laughs> okay, I'm just like, well, okay, isn't Worf the first officer on the Defiant, or on the Starship Down? No. Oh, no. uh, he's not... Whenever Kira's there, she's first. Damn. Okay, I just don't understand the chain of command. Um, well, it's weird, right? Because she's, like, she's not Starfleet, but she is Cisco's first officer, and therefore she's first officer of the Defiant. Okay, thank you. Well, this, this is what I, was, what I was gonna bring up at the beginning of the episode, but it didn't quite, like, jive. Rihanna, like, do we know anything about the Bajorian I don't military? I love Bajorians, but I don't know Bajorians. anything about. <laughs> That's what you said. Oh, no. <laughs> 
know. I think that it's, uh, it's tricky. And I don't understand it. And I think that essentially they're just going by, like, Deep Space Nine ranking rules here. Like, if you're on the Defiant, Kira would still be first officer. Cisco would be captain. And unless you're in wartime, then everything goes out the window. Because later we're going to see that, so. Yeah, well, and even, like, when she's later promoted to colonel... I yeah. just don't understand what's going on. And no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny having Danny in the military now because he knows like he has to have all the like chain of commands memorized and mm-hmm. like, of course, in the Air Force, but then also in other other um, areas, too. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's funny to see a show like Star Trek just like throw out random names. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. OK, well, a major is good and then a colonel's better. And it's like you're mixing up all the names from the different branches Anyway, yeah. cracks me no, up. I totally know what you mean. It's um, wild and yeah. it, it is, yeah. But I thought so the Kira Wharf interaction, even though it's brief, I really enjoyed it because we never fucking see them together. And no. like what? Like this is such a like not like not power couple, but like power friendship that I yeah. wish I could have had. They are oh, I feel like they're so similar too. Maybe that's why they don't interact. <laughs> Maybe. I think it would have been fun. I would have loved to see them like I don't know, do more, like, Klingon drinking stuff together or, like, just more, like, operations together. Yeah. Getting like, their sneak-away clothes. <laughs> yes, exactly. With the, like, black, um, the black suits. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and so, um, and then right after this, like, random and, like, rare interaction with Worf and Kira, we get this great rare interaction with Kira and Cisco. Mm-hmm. And this is everybody's, like, her comfort fic you didn't know you wanted. Um, because Cisco's like, about to pass out, and she has to talk to him to keep him awake. And I, I love it. I was cracking up because I was um, sneakily watching this episode at work. Um, mm-hmm. And the, like, subject comes up that all Kira and Cisco ever does is, like, talk about work, even when they're off duty. Um, yes. And I was laughing so hard, like... Um, it like thinking about if I was in this situation, you know, and like one of my coworkers is down on the ground. It's like uh, I don't know what to talk to you about. Like we don't socialize outside of <laughs> yeah. outside of work. I don't know what to do. Totally. Yeah. So uh, I thought it was really interesting to see Kira like really fighting, and we see her go back and forth because she's talking out loud about like, do I be vulnerable? Do I talk to you about work and duty and shifts? Um, or do I tell you a story, you know, and I love all of these methods that she tries because Cisco's just like, uh, what about the brothers, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's also so impressive that Cisco is able to guide her even in this moment, you know, and they also do bring up this like uncomfortability they have with the distinction of him being emissary and her being Bajoran and someone who is deeply religious. It's a really difficult dynamic to then also be first officer and captain with, you know, because we don't get that like kind of geniality of like, oh, let's let's hang out uh, after hours and grab a grab a synth hall and talk about life, you know, like they they're definitely not that kind of people. And Kira brings it up like you can totally do that with Dax and with O'Brien and why not with me, you know? And so I think it is that gap of him being the emissary and that she sort of has to like revere him but also he's her superior officer so it's so such a confusing relationship dynamic for them to navigate but they're doing it so beautifully every time 
they're talking through their feelings at this time because they literally have to and Cisco's dying so it creates like extra tension but I also think it create allows them to be more open than they would ever be just like in the office yes I totally agree thank you Rihanna I think um the dynamic of of him being the emissary is always something to think about because Kira is a deeply religious person and she really takes it seriously which is really like interesting and fun to see I think that going forward their relationship does improve because they've had this talk and the some of the stuff that they're going to go through is really harrowing especially because uh in call to arms and time to stand the Cardassians are taking over the ship and this is the whole station yeah yeah the Cardassians are taking over the whole station and all of these characters have to choose am I going or am I staying and Starfleet it's like a mandatory evacuation and so we're left with the people who were there during the occupation which is Kira and Odo and um Jake who was not there yeah um, before but yeah first time yeah Quark Rom Lita I don't know if Lita was there but um, cause she's kind of young, but so we see like, especially in this episode, Cisco and Kira really have to be communicating because essentially they're now both going to be captains. Yeah. Golden Ka is the captain, um, yeah. or is like the leader on now Empoknor. It's really Kira who is leading them. And she even starts this whole resistance. Yes. The resistance is epic. I love that she starts it right away. She's like, let's go. We need to get, we need to get going with this. Yeah. Well, she's ready. She's like, I've been... I've been training all my life to um, stop the Cardassians, and now here we are again. I can bring those skills to the surface. Since I was old enough to hold a phaser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is such an important transition role for the two of them, for Cisco and Kira. Cisco has to deal with them now kind of being on the road, quote-unquote. <laughs> they're they're uh, in the Defiant now. And like you said, Kira is now in command of Deep Space Nine, quote-unquote, as well. And so it's so cool to see her just elegantly and perfectly step into this role. Like you were saying, she's already qualified to be captain before the show started. And so to see her handling Dukat and his, like, horrible predatory behavior, and to see her handling Wayun and his, like, weird obsession with Odo, <laughs> like, it's just, it's such a difficult thing to do and she handles it so gracefully and I think this comes from her experience with the Cardassians but also I don't know it just it shows how tenacious she is and how truly like I don't ever feel concerned that I mean of course I'm worried about them but I feel so secure knowing that Kira is there to help like Jake through this time and to help the others on the station keep them safe and you know, try to keep a good, like, pseudo-working relationship with these enemies. Yes, absolutely. She somehow is kind of playing the line between them both. Like, she has open hatred for the Cardassians, and yet she isn't, like, doing anything too insane to yeah. make them crack down on any on her or her friends. That is such a tough line to ride, and I think she does it really well. Yeah, I am very disturbed by all the stuff going on with Dukat, and I don't even want to talk about a relationship with, like, a captain and a first officer with them, because... No, no, fuck that. It's just gross. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I, I just feel horrible that she has to deal with him this whole time, but who better to deal with Dukat than Kira? 
Oh, yeah. Well, and like you were saying, if she wasn't here, I don't think they would have been able to get the Cardassians off the ship, you know? Um, no way. Or at off least, yeah. yeah, off the station, or at least protect, or, like, protect any of the people who were still there. Like, she is the strong point, absolutely. Like, Odo, are you kidding me? Quark, yeah. you know, Jake, yeah, like, maybe Jake, Literally. but no. Yeah. yeah, well, and even so, like, Odo, he has this sway with White, with Wayun, which is good, because Kira, as Bajorans are starting to come back to the station, it's been what six months at this point between the two the finale and season six i think like i think like three months oh three months yeah Yeah. so everyone's sort of settled into this new normal a bit and kira is still staying really vigilant to make sure that like you said like her her people get the stuff that they need and this includes like she wants to reinstate the bajoran security officers but and also, they wanted to increase security because more Bajorans were coming. So just all this, like, racist stuff that Cardassians are doing as usual. And it's just really awesome to see her just continue to be like, nope, we're going to find a way around this. And she asks Odo, like, hey, get some sway in with Wayun. And he gets it done, you know. And this is all because Kira is pulling the strings of all these operations. She's got so many things going on. And she's able to just, like, eloquently do it all. I- I don't know how she doesn't have burnout or, like, anything, but, like, I don't think she has time for it, truly. I also think she thrives on this kind of stuff. Like, she's been adapting well to the pseudo-peace that they had before the Cardassians occupied the station, and now that they're there, it's game time for her, you know? She's like, I will not rest, because this is where I do best. Um, And (laughs) Great rhyme. (laughs) Sort of a rhyme. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) I want to go into behind the lines she does have so much going on and she's so smart that she's able to manipulate all of these different people that are around the station and one of my favorite moments is in the beginning of behind the lines where she has taken damar's pad that has uh his suggestion to like murder all of the jemadar when they run (laughs) out of white (laughs) to the he's gonna send that to the changelings it gets stolen and it shows up outside of the jemadar's quarters i just think like that's so funny and brilliant um kira is like trying to sow like chaos between these two species and she knows that they're only working together because of the founders and because of everything going on with the war. So it yeah. just it just makes me laugh. And even, like, Rom is watching with her, and Quark gets, like, pushed behind the bar. And yeah. Rom's just, like, no concern. He's like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, because Rom helped orchestrate it. Like, yeah. this is a part of their, like, resistance cell meetings. And I love this because the cell includes Jake, Kira, Odo, Quark. Or no, not Quark at this time. Rom. And Lita. <laughs> and so it's really great because, like, we get a very different group dynamic than we would with the Starfleet officers on board. And we get to see Kira thriving, like you said, doing all, having all of these great ideas. Odo didn't approve of this idea of stealing the pad, but also Odo is got a lot going on that I well, don't. Well, Odo, like, I, yeah. I know what's going on with Odo. Yeah. Um, he has joined the, like, leadership team. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> But, like, the, the board meetings that happen on the station. And this is, like, meetings with Gold Dukat and Damar and, like, Wayun and um, everyone who's running the station. And then he's there as a, like, security man, as usual. Mm-hmm. But Kira is telling him, don't join this because that way you're legitimizing that this is a leadership and that they are here 
Um, like, don't legitimize it. Like, don't be involved. But Odo's like, oh, I will have some sway. And then later Kira is like, okay, good with Wayun. But mm-hmm. um, in the end, like, once the female changeling comes on the station, I feel like it's just setting up Odo for this fall. Um, mm-hmm. Especially because when Odo hears about Kira and how she um, put the pad in front of the Jem'Hadar's hallway, or in front of their hall, like, in their hallway, <laughs> like, what am I saying? Um <laughs> I was just like thinking about it, like her running through the yeah, hallway and like putting down the pad. Yeah, same. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, yeah. So it, when when Odo finds out about this incident with uh, between Damar and the Jem'Hadar, <laughs> amazing rhyme. Also, <laughs> yeah, um, it's so good. He's furious with her, and he's like, "Kira, you can't be doing this. Like, we have to like maintain some sense of peace." And Kira's like this is this board poisoning you, man. Like, you have to stop thinking about the rules because there are no rules here. Um, yeah. Cisco had the Bajoran sign the peace contract. Yes. Essentially so that, like, they would protect Bajor. And so they're doing this to protect them, but they can also, like, have resistance within. And that's what Kira's trying to explain to Odo. But Odo's so clouded by this exactly like you said and because then the female changeling comes on board and messes it all up and those scenes are like impossible for me to get to without getting absolutely fucking livid (laughs) like i just can't this is the reason i had the back of my head that we're fucking swearing this episode because i hate this episode so much like everything that's going on with kira i'm like yeah girl get it you know literally for you and then she's like odo at eight o'clock sharp you've got to run your diagnostic and take the security offline for five minutes and rom is depending on him Mm -hmm. but because odo's literally having sex in his quarters he uh like doesn't and rom gets caught and it's a nightmare and honestly like i don't know how their relationship recovers you know like obviously i, know. I yeah. see it but i feel like kira must have also liked odo because this is some bullshit that i would never forgive someone for literally oh my god agreed i think that this is this like i've i've seen this on tiktok and stuff where it's like this is the sign that this was written by male writers that the like male gets this like highly out of their league woman <laughs> at the end you know i'm like oh my god yeah like what is going on odo well i'm, I'm this just is despicable i'm just i have to interrupt because um i'm gonna let you finish but yeah. um <laughs> personally i think that janeway and chakotay have a better chemistry than kira and odo and yet Much better rick berman you got kira and odo together and you didn't get <laughs> jc together what the makes fuck? Makes no sense. Yeah. Okay. Literally I'm, makes no sense. I'm stepping yeah. down off the platform. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. So come on, Rick. What's going on? I mean, I, I right. shipped them until they got together. Then I was like, this doesn't work. Yep. Anyway. Even yeah. only in theory. Yeah. And so this is then showing again, Kira is dealing with people turning on her or just like the conflicts of this conflict, LOL, <laughs> or just are insane the repercussions and so rom is put into the brig and uh awaiting his execution like it's absolutely insane and yeah i think that kira is a i don't even know how she's able to remain like cool and in charge of all of this when it starts falling apart because of odo because of someone who claims to love her yeah it wrong (laughs) wrong yeah it's just awful it's terrible um so then it's like a it's so jarring to jump from (laughs) to jump from behind the lines to shadows and symbols 
because um, they're together at this point, um, <laughs> yeah. which is wild to see. And good Completely. for them. He got his way, I guess. Did you like that? Wow. Yeah, that was a good pun, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, so I was laughing so hard because Shadows and Symbols, the last time we saw this was for the family episode, I want to say. And it was just like Cisco, like losing his mind, you know. Yeah. Um, and so it was so funny because I was mostly watching the Kira parts for this one. Yeah. And um, she's like going at it because she's in charge of the blockade that mm-hmm. is stopping any Romulan ships from crossing in order to go aid the Jem'Hadar. And Odo's like, I have to come with you. Like, this sounds exciting. And I like <laughs> have to be with you because I love you, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just love seeing this moment as Kira as a captain. So Rihanna, like, thank you so much for picking this because I just think like she especially excels in battle situations. And we actually don't get to see it that much. We see her in like physical battles or like leading an army, you know, but we don't really totally. see her on the front lines in a ship. So I just, I really love seeing that. And I'm just odd by like how confident she is there's this whole question of like is she gonna bluff because there is a Romulan on the um who's with the admiral dude and she's like we have emergency supplies we have to take across medical supplies yeah her voice is very interesting yeah so they're trying to get the surprise across and Kira's like I will fucking fire on you if you cross the blockade like did I fucking stutter you know, mm-hmm. and so it's this whole question of she tells Odo she's bluffing. The Ramen is like, yep, she's bluffing. Uh, but it's still these mind games that's being played. And I just I love to see Kira going head to head with this Romulan. This is the thing that's so inspiring about Kira is that she will never back down from a situation that she knows she's in, like can handle and is in charge of. Like, this is absolutely insane. There's like 12 Bajoran ships against like two or three Romulan warbirds and there's more warbirds on the way. Kira's making all these points like why would you need medical supplies delivered by warbirds? You know like this is clearly you're not fooling anyone. We know what you're trying to do here and you're like the Romulans had have allied with the Federation at this point to try and stop the Dominion and so this is a clear violation of that pact and Kira knows this and so she's going to stay steadfast and it is just so amazing to see again her in this completely hopeless situation just absolutely triumph and i love that the admiral at the end once the ship's back down he's like okay you can blink now you know because the the wormhole came back just on time cisco completed his little vision trial he did it and his orb encounter i guess what do we call it yeah um first encounter of the orb kind i guess (laughs) yeah exactly um so it's just incredible all the way I don't know I'm just like I just want to keep that in mind thinking about Kira and her qualities one of those is very much like will not back down from a fight will die trying you know which again Kuatmala energy love it I love it yeah great for a first officer too also it's funny because Cisco's the exact same way I think that here we're finally getting a first officer and a captain who are extremely similar and that's why I think they're butting heads more often, but it also still works, but also because we see a lot of them in wartime, you know, where they don't have time to, like, annoy each other. Yes, <laughs> but, yeah. Rihanna, this is so true, and I, I oh, man, I, yeah, I haven't really thought about that before, and in the past, you know, it seems like when you're on a starship, 
and it's you're going to be interacting with each other like in a small place for a lot of yeah. your life. It's important to have a captain and first officer that are um, like opposites to cover a lot of ground. But in this like very unique situation where it's a time of war for half the series, and there's so many like political tensions happening and so much going on on Deep Space Nine, it's yeah. important to have two extremely strong. And yeah, open-minded, like they're both open-minded, they're both really strong, and they're also both really stubborn about what they want to do. Extremely. Yeah, and so I am totally with you, like it works so well. Damn. Great point, Brianna. It's amazing. I did not think it would work, but as I'm watching these episodes, it it absolutely does. And there's also another really just amazing moments between them. One of them seems like season one, where this guy is sort of like mansplaining about his trade or whatever to Cisco and and then Kira tries to butt in to be like excuse me I need to speak about this like I have more knowledge on this than Cisco does and he's totally just like no I'm only speaking to your captain right now and she and then Cisco goes well now you're speaking to my first officer and I love that he's just like boom like served it right back Kira you take this you know Mm -hmm. and so he's not Cisco's not arrogant enough or like well, he's not, like, wanting to be in control so often that he's not going to realize, like, okay, Kira has this covered. Also, he's treating her like an asshole, so I'm going to let her, like, you know, totally school him. But there's just moments like that throughout the whole series that make them such a great team. Yes, I love this. Love it, love it. That's why it hurts, though. There's so many episodes we're watching where they're not together, you know, they're and that's kind of interesting because this whole First Officer series, a lo- half of the episodes we're watching, the captain isn't there, and we're, like, you know, examining their role when they're gone, and for Kira, this is quite a few episodes because of the war, has really uh, made them have to go opposite directions. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about, like, when the Cardassians have occupied the station, mm-hmm. um, that's, like, seven episodes, I think it's, maybe yeah. not seven, yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, by time. the time Zial is killed, and, like, the Cardassians leave, and everyone's back, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's long a time. It's a long arc, yeah. And then we have, again, the finale arc of the entire series, Kira and Sisko barely interact <laughs> for, like, multiple so many episodes. Cisco's like on his emissary arc though, so yeah. <laughs> he's riding that till the end. Yeah. But also finishing out his war arc at the same time. It's very impressive. He's got a lot going on. He's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are starting with When It Rains, which is like sort of the beginning of the end, I guess you could say. Kira has been assigned to this com- ha- has been assigned by Starfleet and by Cisco to this mission. She's now Colonel Kira, by the way. By the and way, she's been glow ass- up. Yeah, to you see know, it. like whatever, casual, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is now assigned to go help Damar with his Loki revolution going on. His uh, to guide him how to start a resistance cell. And at first, she's like, "Are you kidding me? Like, I need to teach Cardassians how to resist an occupation. Like, this is insane irony, um, and something that seems." like a horribly tough thing to do and I'm again just like Colonel Kira DeReese is like the most amazing person ever to just go and do this and to put her difficulties with the Cardassians aside and her prejudice because like she knows this is war this is the way to get an upper hand on the Dominion is to have the Cardassians completely turn and to start this resistance and so she agrees to do it and yeah I mean I think it's really cool they they then of course give her a starfleet uniform to be like we want to sort of separate you from the bajoran government so it puts more of the cardassians at ease and they even are like you should change your nose and she's like i'm definitely not going to change 
that part of me. Like, they still need to know who I am and, like, that I am here teaching them about resistance. Yes, absolutely. And I love her choice because it's not as genuine if you're not yourself. And this yeah. is one of, like, one of the most intense times. I mean, poor, poor Bajor has faced so many insane moments, but this is one of the most important political moments in a long time. And so of course you have like, like the fact that Cardassians and Bajorans are gonna be working together is, is really important. Like this is not easy for her to do. Once they get on the ship, cause they have to like go down and um, go to Cardassia and everything. She disagrees like a hundred percent. What's that guy who's like so annoying? Oh, he's the worst. I don't know. He's just like Damar's little minion. And yeah, I Damar's minion dude. Like, especially with him, um, she's really butting heads. And literally, like, he's trying to provoke her into a fight. And Odo has to be like, bro, you got to calm down. And she's, like, yeah. shoving materials and, like, knocking shit over. Just when he insulted Odo, like, let alone when he starts going on her and, like, Bajor and Bajorans and all that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I really have my doubts going into the beginning of this arc. You know, it's like, how is this going to happen? But luckily, I think having Garrick along in this journey is really important oh, because God. he can really show like the side of a sympathizer for Bajorans, which I think a lot of Cardassians need like a pathway to see like, oh my gosh, like you actually think this is, uh, is going to work and you trust her? That's crazy. Yeah, and then we do see in Tacking into the Wind that Damar, I think this kind of like sets his flip in stone because he finally kills the little minion dude because he was threatening to kill Kira because he didn't think that it was going to work to have a Bajoran in like this resistance cell for Cardassia. Like she, he was just worried her plans weren't going to work. It was after they'd captured the ship. She had to like impersonate the Vorta lady. Yes. Yeah. That was a cool scene too, but yeah, it's just like ridiculous she has to face this on top of going back to Cardassia, returning to a place of like great trauma for her, and also being this incredible leader to all these Cardassians and to Damar. I am so grateful for Damar, which going into this series I never thought I'd say, you know, but Damar just is so cool by the end of this series, and I love that he you know, does have some qualms with her, but he's still pretty steadfast in believing her and trusting that her decisions are right. She's like, we should form cells instead of one big militia type group, you know? And so then it's harder to track down, harder to destroy a terrorist cell, essentially. And so it's really cool that, like, since Damar is being open and perceptive to Kira, everyone follows suit, except the minion. Yeah. <laughs> so well, he kills the minion. Yeah, and also at the beginning of the episode, we see that Damar's family has been killed, um, yeah. And he is really affected by this, you know, um, and he says, my daughter or my wife and my daughter, they were innocents in this situation. What type of order would allow this to happen or, or would order that? And Kira's like, oh, really? Yeah. Like what type of what government type? would do that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she kind of regrets it after, but Odo's like, no, it's good that you said that because it's it's creating empathy and it's connecting you, you know, and, yeah. uh, well, and, and he, sorry to interrupt, but he, Odo, Odo even says too, that Damar has kind of, he didn't say rose colored glasses, but essentially he has sort of a, um, positive outlook on the occupation and he needs that harsh reminder. And Kira's there for that. Like we said from the very beginning, she will tell you the truth to the annoyance of most people. And I just love it. 
I love that she's not going to give anyone leeway. This turn of Damar is one of my favorite parts. There's a song when Rihanna and I were first watching it through the first time. We would sing yeah. like, Damar is my, my favorite. Damar is my favorite. He's really the best Cardassian by the end besides Garrick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I love to see his turn. I love to see mm-hmm. his murder. I was about to say too, so yeah, we're seeing this pushback. Kira's having a face from the Cardassians. They finally are able to infiltrate the ship. They're able to do some great damage to the Dominion and to get closer to their area. Um, but then shit hits the fan. But anyway, so before that, I just want to say too, because Odo's dying. Kira knows this. She's trying to keep it all together. And I just wonder, like, you know, it makes me think too that Kira just never gets time to, like, be a person and just like have hobbies and interests outside of the war and outside of fighting and uh, everything and it makes me think of Shax's quote like fighting fascism is a full-time job you know he's like I didn't have time to throw pots on Bajor I was fighting the resistance and so very much the same with Kira like she doesn't have any other things tying her except her love for Odo you know that's the only thing outside of Deep Space Nine and her her position and everything and we see this chronic, you know, like we were saying earlier with Michael and with other first officers, we saw this, but it just added on an extra level for her because she's been fighting her whole life, a whole different war way outside of the government and Starfleet. Yeah, man, great points, Rihanna. And that, yeah, I, it reminds me of the episode where the poet comes back and he says yeah. that I'm the emissary and he makes everybody go back to their um, um their ta- their tax wait tajars tajar i think it is the jars the jars yeah i think so Something. but yeah he makes everybody go back to it and so the family of kira is supposed to be artists and yeah. she makes his like terrible um <laughs> pottery, pottery. Yeah. yeah it reminds me of that like she doesn't have time to learn any of that like even if yeah. she says she has no artistic talent she's never trained you know no because or yeah. done or like had any hobbies like you're saying so yeah great point but it makes her like particularly like useful in this scenario and she's yeah. the reason why the show ends how it does She's the reason the war ends, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Her and Odo and Cisco are, like, the three linchpins. Um, and I think particularly because after they are betrayed by Gold Rivek, um, and all of their cells are, like, absolutely bombed to hell. Damar is presumed dead. People in Cardassia think that, oh, the resistance is gone. There's no, no one else fighting for us. And... Meanwhile, Damar, Garrick, and Kira are holed up in the amazing Mila's house, which is Garrick's um, nanny, I Maid, guess. sort of. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she, she, like, lived in the house with an Aubrey Tane, who, of course, is his father, but mm-hmm. Tane couldn't publicly acknowledge Garrick as his son. Yeah. And so he couldn't really, like, hang out with him, like, be a family man, yeah. you know? And so it seems like mm-hmm. Mila really helped raise Garrick. I don't remember where his mom was. Did anyone listen to the family episode recently? She passed. I don't know. Sad. Um, Yeah. So it is really cool to see this side of Garrick, but it's also like they're going through a really hard time. They're like in hiding. Everyone's looking for Damar, making sure he's dead. And there's no, seemingly no hope left. And for a moment, even 
like Kira loses hope a bit and just gets a little despondent. And it's Mila who knocks some sense to them and says, hey, I've been outside listening. People think you're still alive. People still have hope that you'll, you faked your death. And then Kira takes that and she's like, okay, we can build this as momentum. If we can't make terrorist cells, we'll start a revolution with the civilians, you know, and this is really a, the, where the tide turns and they're able to infiltrate the base and get to, you know, the inside of where the female changeling and Wayun is and everything. So to the final boss, shall we say, they're able to infiltrate that dungeon. And it's just really cool that Mila, you know, is is there to like help Kira out of her funk to be like, okay, let's just keep doing it. Brainstorm, problem solve, let's go. What, what can we do to make this situation turn? And of course she's the one who comes up with the answer and everyone would be dead without Kira. Like mm-hmm. Damar acknowledges this. He's like, thank you. At its infancy, our cell would have died. So thank you. And that is just so true and amazing. Yes, man. Yes, yes, yes. Rihanna is on a roll. I can tell she's thriving in her Kira outfit. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like I'm channeling her when I cosplay, so like it helps. You totally are, yes. I mean, this brings me to one of my favorite scenes like in all of Star Trek, which is mm-hmm. in What We Leave Behind um, when they are trying to infiltrate. It's like the last building they have to get yeah. through. They brought a lot of bombs, but it's not even going to touch the door because um, no. it's so heavily guarded and so Garrick can't help but laugh like they're literally in the trenches and Garrick's yeah. cracking up and he's like oh my god like we got all the way here and yet we can't just open this door like what do we do should we <laughs> yeah. just like call them like get to bring yeah. down the well, changeling literally yeah Kira's like yeah maybe we should just knock on the front door and see yeah. the answer <laughs> and like I love that even Damar chimes in like this is something that is so special because they can have a wartime together and be very serious together but they could also like laugh together and that's like a different dynamic than I would have ever expected Damar to be capable of with Kira and it's just like this golden moment before Damar's tragic death <laughs> so it's like what why did why does Deep Space Nine do this just break my heart all the time yeah I I just I love that scene so much um I think also really just reminds you how far that they've come yeah. As a resistance, you know, you think back to when 10 minutes ago we were talking about <laughs> that guy like tormenting Kira, you know. Yeah. Um, it's just like amazing to see. And this trio of Damar, Garrick, and Kira will always live in my heart as like the best trio ever. I love them. So good and so unexpected, you know. And I think that this is, this is because of Kira and her ability to bring people together and call them on their bullshit and like of course Damar and his leadership is so amazing and inspiring and Garrick is just like a mastermind so they're just like literally like dream such team. a dynamic yeah dynamic trio yeah so Kira saves their asses with the Breen suit like she comes in um and then finally gets to contact everyone from the Defiant again which is a beautiful moment and she gets Odo to beam down, Odo saves the female changeling, and they all, they have that little communication during their little bond, what do they call it? Um, fucking? No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, during their fucking, they have a little talk. (laughs) No, it's like, um, linking? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Like, they're on LinkedIn together? Yeah, yeah. So once they log into LinkedIn and share their profiles, she's like, you're right, I'll end the war. I'll turn myself in and Odo will, will go and rejoin the Great Link. 
And I just gotta say, BS that like Kira doesn't get a goodbye scene with Cisco. Am I right about that? Yeah, because she she's... gets like, two goodbye scenes with Odo. Yeah, and none with Cisco. Well, I just think that's crazy. I, I like to think that it's off screen, like uh, when Cisco returns, just you know, like ten minutes later. <laughs> please, please, ten minutes after. <laughs> Uh, everything's fine and we're not thinking about that Cisco's still lost no 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 shut shut your mouth (laughs) actually I hated that lower Um, decks (laughs) lower decks pretty much any time we're in a series and around the Deep Space Nine episode we have to chant into the void where's Cisco (laughs) yeah literally where's Cisco let's start let's start a um a second podcast called where's cisco and just like do what where's bev does <laughs> like yeah oh, so Rihanna, where is cisco yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and i just also want to call to the last like two seconds of this please of the finale um just like eerily similar vibes to the visitor and i like can't even look at ashlyn when i'm talking about this but yeah i just like seeing kira look like hold Ugh, sorry <laughs> this ending always gets me to see kira like holding jake you know putting her arm around jake and they like look out at the wormhole together and that's like how the show ends i just love that kira is like a pinnacle she's in that final shot with jake and like what a pillar she's become for jake you know outside of her command and her duty of just like a, a source of strength for jake when he needs it when cisco's not there and Oof, I think it was a beautiful ending shot. Yeah, I love it. And we, I mean, we haven't talked about it in this episode, but Kira is kind of like a big sister to Jake. Besides that time, he had a crush on her during the festival. Oh, God. Um, festival, though. Yeah. It doesn't count. Festival love. It's fine. Everyone had spores or yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I, yeah, I love the way that they go out with that. I just think overall... Like, it's about Kira, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, like it yeah. is about Cisco, obviously, and, like, his whole deal with the Emissary, but mm-hmm. she's just such an important character, and literally nothing would get done without her. Yeah, it's correct. And, uh, yeah, I just want to thank Nana for, like, her work as, as Kira, because I feel like she always gave her all to the role and made me just, like, realize that there are so many ways to be a woman and so many ways to like show up in your life and I don't know she just taught me a lot of amazing lessons and I was at like the perfect age to learn them and to I don't know she's just amazing and so special to me and I'm really glad that we got to just like talk about her through this lens today Ashlyn. Yeah me too and despite her not fitting in like a traditional starship first officer role, I really think she goes above and beyond yeah. the duty, like in <laughs> every single way. Yeah. Um, and so it's really fun to explore. She really is a captain, honestly. Like it's just two captains hanging out together on D Space Nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And it works so well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Amazing. Yeah. We did it. Woo. Woo. Kira. Kira. I am quaking. <laughs> <laughs> because next week we're talking about Chakotay and yeah period Ashlyn might lose it. Like, I, I don't know how we're gonna make it through but we'll see you on the other side um thank you for listening can't wait to talk Voyager first officers with you Ashlyn first officer the one and only Chakotay ah, no last name no last name he's that <laughs> prolific you don't need a last name Spock Q Chakotay <laughs> <laughs> 
That's all. Tuvok, I guess. That's all I can think of. A-Rex. Nice. A-Rex is a legend. Mourn. <laughs> yeah, all the legends. Wow, it's like Be- Beyonce, you know. True. Yeah, exactly. Adele. All, all the greats have one name. Yep. Anyway. Correct. Well, well, Rihanna, thank you so much. Um, I also just like once again have to compliment you on your knowledge picking these episodes and um, you. your love of Kira is really inspiring for me. And I already love her so much, but I just love hearing you gush about her. So thank oh, you thank as you. always for joining me on the pod. I cannot wait for next week and to continue our first officer series. Yes, Ashlyn, I can't wait. I really need your help picking Chakotay episodes, so I'm excited to see what you have to offer. Ah, I can't wait. wait. All right, bye. (laughs) Ghost. Love you, bye. (laughs) I felt like the end of the call. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Dura Sisters podcast. Please tune in next week for the fourth episode of our first officer series where Ashlyn and Rihanna will discuss Chakotay in Star Trek Voyager. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check to see our suggested watch list for our upcoming episodes. Also take a moment to check out our content on Tumblr and TikTok, and our merch on Threadless. All links can be found in the bio of any of our social media pages. If you like what you've heard today, please leave us a review on whatever platform you listen. By donating any amount per month, you can become a monthly patron and unlock our exclusive reviews of Lower Decks, the animated series, a review of Galaxy Quest, and Star Trek trivia. You can find all of this and more at patreon.com slash the Dura Sisters podcast. If you would like to contact us for any reason, please do so at the Dura Sisters podcast at gmail.com. So far, we have covered these podcast series, pilot episodes, family, love and affection, time travel, villains, movies, feminism, and death fakeouts. If you haven't heard a particular series yet, please go back and listen to any of these awesome episodes. Social media and marketing by me, Ashlyn Gelman, and Rihanna Hurd. Editing is done by Rihanna Hurd and Ashlyn Gelman. Our intro and outro is by Jerry Goldsmith. Two weeks it's been since the Cardassians left. Sorry. Chicago. Uh, and ambiance. Beauty. The beauty and grace of nature is all around us. Don't you hear it? Uh, what a gorgeous world we live in. Where these are going by like six, seven times a day. Oh. Mm-hmm.